We welcome you to the Truth Simply Put, our broadcast and teaching series at the Basilea Commission. You're about to receive God's unadulterated word, brought to you by Pastor Alexander Victor. Challenging, uplifting, and provoking you to new dimensions in your kingdom walk. And now, today's message. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. It comes with accuracy and power. Ooh, we receive it. We are ready to receive. We thank you for it. Amen. All right, can we talk a little bit before we close? Yeah, the Christ conscious believer today's part 31. <laughs> the Christ conscious believer spends and is spent for the gospel. The Christ conscious believer gives, gives, and gives again. This is our sixth week on this. We left off at Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 and 2. With the last thing I said last Tuesday, I said that if your work with God is such that what you lack is showing in your life, you are a baby. Do you remember? Our work with God is too tangible to be discolored by a lack or an apparent lack in our lives. Until you become dematerialized. Do you understand what that means? Until you come to the point where material things hold no value. You will continue to be weighed down by a reality that is less real than your real reality. Till you get to that point. And it is this thing that makes you feel like, why should you help somebody when you are trying to help yourself? But we have not so learned Christ. That's why we are doing like this. We are not collecting your offering. We are not collecting your tithe. Keep it. Because you see, what is huge for you is, is nothing for somebody. But we cannot be carrying ourselves like, oh, we don't have money to pay rent. We don't have car to drive. We don't, no, 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 no. no. Our reality is higher than that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. These things are servant to us. And sometimes the process you are going through is the process of you receiving instruction that what you are chasing after is what should be serving you. Until you pass that course, you stay there. Until you pass the course that is teaching you that what you are chasing is what should be serving you. And once you get to that reality, even when you don't have that thing, you start to carry yourself like someone that does. Because that's your reality. You are a son of a king. You are a king in yourself. You have no need. You have no lack. All your needs, the reality is all your needs are met. That's the real reality. This one is a mirage. So it's just a matter of time before the physical manifestation happens to you in line with your spiritual reality. Time and chance happen to them all. Not everybody blows by a hustle. It's not by a hustle that you blow. It's by consistency in your area of calling. Stay at it long enough. And you don't need the whole world to notice you. You need one person to whom the world answers to notice you. Did anybody hear what I just said? Stop groaning after the world. Who sent you? No. You just need one person. To whom the world answers in your sphere of, of, of influence. In what concerns you, your area of relevance. 
Do you understand? Your area of relevance, that person to whom the world answers in that area, notices you, that's the end. He will make the world notice you. Because everybody can see you and see different things. One person who determines what people see and how they see can see you how he chooses to see you and influence everybody else to see you the same way. That's why you hear a star sing and you know that this one cannot sing to save their life at all. But somebody who had access to radio stations, to TV stations, to the influencers decided, I happen to believe in you. And because I do, everybody that determines, that listens to or judges belief by my belief system will believe in you. And that's it. And that's it. It's not hustle. Time and chance happen to them all. So you're in this process of your life because you need to gain mastery over material things. You need to gain what? Mastery over material things. So you cannot be said to be a developing son of God if you are downcast because you don't have credit. We don't roll like that. We have a superior understanding of our reality in Christ. And it's those of you that think it is a cliche that are still struggling with it. Because for some of us, it's not a cliche. You have a car, you don't have a car. You have a house, you don't have a house. So what? He made us, Ephesians 2, 6 and 7, to sit with him, together with him, not in a mansion laid with gold, in the heavenlies, in Christ. So where you are sat, no landlord can threaten. Where you are sat, no bosser, no registrar can threaten. Where you are sat, no amount of intimidation from an employer can threaten. That is your reality. Are you following me? That is your reality. And you cannot constantly dilly-dally and swing like a pendulum and oscillate from one point to the other because your life's situation is changing. That's what life does. Life changes. Life is just being life. Sons, be sons. And teach life who's boss. Let life be life. You be the son of God to the life. And tell the life who is in charge. And that's why you hear silly prayers like, heaven will not rest. Are you mad? So because of your noise. Yeah, 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 yeah. Heaven will not rest. You think you're disturbing heaven. Heaven will not rest until I am blessed. So you, you man of God can trouble heaven. When Jesus the son is at rest. Jesus is at rest. You can now come here and trouble heaven. Say heaven will not rest until you give you car. Give you baby. Heaven will not rest. That will happen. Heaven is perpetually rest. Heaven is not at rest, sir. Heaven is rest. Because the heavenlies are in Christ Jesus. So if Christ is at rest, heaven is rest too. Heaven will not rest. So, yeah. The louder your amen, the bigger your foolishness. You know me, I will tell it to you. Come and come and have a You can insult me and say that pav is that, that. Come and show me from the word. Where you got that nonsense from? Or keep your mouth shut and let sons of God speak. So we're not afraid to say what we are saying. If you're offended by it, you're the one that needs it. 
The louder your amen, the nearer your breakthrough. You now see educated people, people's father and mother, shouting, Amen! Amen! I will use Bible words. And that's the level of decadence to which the church has fallen because we are still governed by mammon in the name of Jesus. We're still governed by material things. We're like those whose belly is their God. Philippians 3. And that's why it's only, only the pastor that is prospering. So we are constantly then crying over material things. Do you know who you are? Do you know how much power is at work within you? Do you know how much power is at work within you? How much you command in the earth? Go and go to Port Bean. Look for the teaching series. Only two parts. The word, the power, and the believer. But go and listen to it. Do you know how much power you command? How much atmospheres you can shift? Because of him that is at work in you. Both to will and do. And then you have not eaten. Ah, today is so bad. Man never chop. 40 days. Somebody had not eaten. Say, man shall not live by bread alone. Paul says, I've learned, Philippians 4, to abase and abound. 10, 11, thereabout. I've learned. I've learned. I can, that's what led to verse 13. You know? That I can do all things. It's not I can do anything. I can marry my husband's brother's wife. I can collect my neighbor's daughter. No, it's not. I cannot do all things. Context is key. Paul says, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Stay there, switch to TPT. Philippians 4.13 will now make sense to somebody now. I'm not telling you this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be satisfied in any circumstance. See verse 12. I know what it means to lack. Paul, I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. For I am trained in the secret of overcoming all things, whether in fullness or in hunger. And I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. Keep going. You've, verse 13. That was, that, was the, that was verse 13 at the end there. Switch back to verse 12 and go into 13 in the New King James. Let's go through it as one statement. Verse 12. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned to both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need I can do all things through Christ. What are all things? I've learned to suffer in hunger and I've learned to be content when I have all. I can do both. That's the context of I can do all things. But you just get up. The Bible says I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. What are the all things? Context is key. Because go back and read. You can't just pick one verse and read one verse. Can do what is to Christ who strengthens me. Can cheat in the exam. No. No. It's not all things like that. I've learned to suffer. Put it, put it back in the verse 12. Put it in the message. It will help somebody's theology this night. I'm just as happy with little as with much. I'm as happy with much as with little. I found the recipe 
for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty, whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Have you seen it now? Yes. That's the context of Philippians 4.30. It's not for spiritual warfare. I can do all things. You might be able to do some things, but that's not what this Philippians 4.13 is telling you. That's not what it's telling you. We're not saying you can't bind demons. We are saying Philippians 4.13 does not say that. Uh-huh. 2 Corinthians 9 number 6. So I need for 6 and 7. 2 Corinthians 9 and 7. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. I took time to explain in the first, first two teachings of this part. That the context of 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 was money, right? And context cannot have just changed all of a sudden. Give us a TPT. Let's just go straight to the TPT. Verse 6. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Here's my point. A stingy sower will reap a meager harvest. But the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. The message. Remember. A stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. And here, Paul was not talking about agriculture. Yeah? This was metaphors. Yeah? And one minute, Paul is writing in allegories. One minute, he's writing in hyperboles. Next minute, he's writing in similes. Another time, he's writing in metaphors. We need to know what he meant when he was writing what he wrote. Yeah? So, he was speaking metaphorically here. He wasn't talking about agriculture. All right? Verse 7. I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what you will give. That will protect you against sob stories and arm twisting. God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. Tell your neighbor, God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. Yes, he loves a cheerful. That's what King James says, right? God loveth a cheerful giver. So we give cheerfully. We give with great joy. Because we have learned in this house that the only thing on the heart of the giver is the benefit of the receiver and not the expense of the giver. That's God giving. That's New Testament giving. The only thing on your mind is the benefit of the giver. The benefit of your giving to the giver and not the expense of it on the receiver. Because God showed us that. He did not count the expense of him giving his son. But he saw what the gift of his son will do for you. And that is how he has shown us, or tools, how to love. Have you been following so far? So because we give with the benefit of the recipient in our hearts, we don't count the cost at the inconvenience to ourselves. Of course, whatever you will give that will be dear must cost you something anyway so when you are giving because you know what it's going to do for somebody there's joy in your spirit there's excitement in your spirit and that excitement is worth any inconvenience you have to momentarily go through i emphasize momentarily how much is 20k compared to what is coming that you just gave compared to what it can do for somebody compared to what it can do for somebody how much is 200,000? How much is a million? Do you know what is coming? For sons of God. 
We have to influence systems. We have to. We have to influence the airwaves and also determine what is heard. We are going to get there. We are going to. But we here, we, we are going to handle resources for kingdom. How do you think it will come? Money. So some of us are not afraid of money. Money is our servant. We are on a journey. When the collision happens, even money will know that sons of God met it. So when we give, we give joyfully. We're not counting how much. I've told you over and over, the, your, the delight, the security of a son of God is not in your bank balance. So those people that don't like your account reducing. See, only 10,000 remain in the account. So I'm broke. Eh? But we don't rule by the economy of the earth. We don't. We don't. And that is important because you understand from the scriptures, from the New Testament, that to a large degree, material acquisition, material blessing, makarios, I've taught you guys in this house. If you haven't got it, go on. I've taught it here in this house, the difference between the blessing and blessings. The difference between eulogio, the blessing that is Christ, that you have all in Christ, and makarios, the benefits and the favors that come from obedience to his will and his way. And as a New Testament believer, you must understand the difference between the two and how they work hand in hand. So you can sit in heavenly places, sir, and struggle in the earth. Because there are principles you have refused to apply to gain makarios in the earth. Do you understand? I've said it over and over. People don't like me saying it. God does not delight in a poor believer. What that, what that, so God is feeling more righteous. That your prosperity intimidates the cross. How? Oh, look at him. Oh, he's so wretched. That's my son. He's so broke. Shattered. Tattered. Battered. That's my son. Oh. If that's your picture of God, you have to adjust and recalibrate your sense of perception. He doesn't delight in a poor believer. What are you doing with all the wisdom of God inside you? you? Christ became for you the wisdom of God and you cannot generate money. More, more, something as mundane as money. Then you have a problem with demons and principalities. Are you here tonight? So you give sparingly, you reap sparingly. You give bountifully. This is Macario's principle. And this is where people need to understand the difference between this and the blessing that is unconditional. Are you following me? In other words, you cannot be a stingy giver and say, I am blessed with all the spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Oh boy, you will suffer because you have not adopted the posture of giving and receiving. Are you hearing me? In other words, don't expect to walk in favor if you're not d- dispensing favor. You and your salvation. I, am, I, am I very clear? Yeah. <laughs> you and your soteria. Sit down there. Because this is a principle. New Testament principle. Withhold, it shall be withheld. Not by God though. Because you see, whatever God owes you, he has released it to. In the drawer of God's blessing, nothing remain no. God has given you all the blessing he's capable as God of giving you. That 
the material manifestation of the benefits of that blessing are linked to obedience, time and chance. Do you understand? You have been blessed. God says that the window is open. The door is open for you to do something. Say, I'm not doing it. I'm blessed. I want a blessed gang. Stay there. Stay there. Be blessed. <laughs> Be blessed. Because you have to step out in faith and obedience to draw the material benefits. And there are benefits. So a gift is given to. It's just the way it is. God did not give to gain. But God gained, in the manner of speaking, sons because he gave. We are sons because God gave Jesus. Because God dared to put Jesus on the line. Are you following me? And so here we are. Many sons into glory. Because God so loved that he gave. He didn't just love that he thought. Love that he felt. Love that he considered. He loved that he gave. And because he gave, you're here. You're here because God gave. And consequently, you are also here because a man gave. Whether you want to admit it or not, God has used a human being to labor over you. You are wicked if you don't admit it. Oh, and I just read books, the books of angels. You see, angels, I wrote the book you read. No, men never taught me. I just read materials. Whose materials? Aliens. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? No, no, nobody ever taught me. Somebody taught you. He just doesn't know you. He just doesn't know you. Because you're too, even too proud to, to, to own up to the fact that you understudied somebody. Everybody's growth is the function of God's workings through a man. No exceptions. You just will not admit it. Everybody. So God is working. He's working through people. And you understand the principle. You give. You celebrate that you gave. You give without anything in return. You develop the posture of a giver. And the posture of a giver positions you to enjoy the benefits of giving. Check carefully if you are a receiver. After why people get tired of you. Check. They love Jesus they are long, they, you are still family, but they are tired of you. you are, people will get tired of you. You're not, you're not a giver. I try why people look at you and like, ah, here she comes again. Here he comes again. And you now say, we don't love you. No. No. You too, bring, pure water is 10 naira. When you're coming to the house, bring, at least I brought our water that we would drink. What is food without water? Just as what is water without food. Do you understand? Every time you come, you're looking for somebody's hot spot. You are, your spot is never hot. <laughs> your own spot is always cold at worst. Lukewarm at best. It's never hot. That's if you manage to even have spot. Find me hot spot now. Find me hot spot. Find me hot spot. Find me hot spot. Find me hot spot. Find me hot. Today we have data. You just be there quiet. Be playing game. So when somebody's coming, you change to Candy Crush. No. So the you will not see that you're online. You have data. Because only you get sense. And you are carrying the fullness 
of the Godhead bodily inside you. Chai, you need to repent. You really need to repent. Really. That you can carry the fullness of God that he gave without measure. And measure your own. Data, food, internet, credit, transport. You sit down in the taxi to keep your face straight. Because you are going with Abigail. Abigail must pay. I know what I'm saying. I know what I'm saying to you. Some of you can never think that God can possibly use you to pay the transport. No, God only uses you to collect people's transport. So you can never ever volunteer. You know, I got this one. Ah, how will I come out tomorrow? Look at the birds of the air. They neither toil nor reap. Your heavenly father feeds them. Your heavenly father. Are you not of more value than this? Then he goes and says, look at the lilies of the field. Not even Solomon in his darkest gear was as adorned as these lilies. Do you understand? Compared to Solomon, lilies dapper die. And your heavenly father clothes them. This same lily that is here today and gone tomorrow, God still looks after it today. And make sure that today it is dapper than Solomon. Even though it lives only for today. How much more you? How much more you that has inherited a life that cannot die? He never promises to preserve the lilies of the field of the birds of the year. But to preserve sons of God. Then you now, ah, if I give you now, how will I come out tomorrow? Hey, do you know who you are? Try what I told you. Come out and stand at the road. And say, Elumpleki shatalindos oreka talabada zadarga. I am going to Mount Zion. And see if you will not get there without money in your pocket. Stop a taxi. I'm going to Mount Zion, sir. I don't have money. You are taking me there. You look at you, you just want the crease. He will go. Try the second one. Try the third one. The driver will carry you. Somebody in the taxi will say, hey, hey, hold on. You say you are going to enter. You'll enter and say, thank you, sir. You are blessed of the Lord. They'll ask you, who are you? I'm a son of God. I just don't have transport to go today. But the Lord said he would take me where I'm going. They will ask you, who is that your God? They will ask you. Everybody has a form of godliness. Only few know the power thereof. The problem is you're afraid of being told no. You're afraid. You treat refusal as rejection. They refused you doesn't mean they rejected you. Yes, sir. Come on. And that day the Holy Spirit says, you know what? No, no, no. Today is me and you. Let's walk. And then we walk. Head held high. Because there are days where you have it and God will say walk. God will say take a stroll with me. And you're walking and he will tell you slow down. Where are you running to? Or you enter a taxi and you didn't, he will tell you drop from the taxi. Now, did I tell you to enter taxi? So you cannot be governed by what you have or don't have. No, no, we don't. We are not level. We're not that realm. No, we're not that level. We're not that level. So you're afraid, oh, if I pay the transport now, how would I come out tomorrow? He will come you out tomorrow. I'm telling you, I promise you. Stand there. I didn't come because I didn't have transport. You're a coward. 
church gathered, you didn't come because you don't have transport. I repeat, you are a coward. So you, as a giver, you cultivate the culture of giving and you imbibe the posture of one who, is, who can receive. One to whom stuff can gravitate. Do you understand? It is malicious. I don't know if you can handle this. It's malicious to believe that God must turn somebody to your enemy so they can bless you by force. Father, cause my enemies to, I release a grace over you that even if they don't like you, they will favor you. My friend, go and make yourself likable. Stop some stupid prayer. It's witchcraft. Father, blind their eyes. Seize their sleep. Seize their sleep. Remove. Hey. And the person you even pray is a believer that he gives his beloved sleep. Father, seize their sleep. Seize their peace. Until they remember me. Can let them not be able to sleep. Ah, ah, why are we so evil? Because that's not the mind of Christ. That's not the mind of Christ. Where do we learn that nonsense from? He that must have friends must show himself friendly. That's what scripture says. Try and be nice for a change. Try. Try and leave a good impression for a change. I'm not trying to kill people and wipe their brain so they can bless you. That's covetousness. What kind of God are you and you and the God? You have a problem. If your God must wipe people's brain and turn them and make sure that the only time they can bless you is when they're not thinking straight. For God, God has to delete the sense of your ogre. You know, suspend the judgment of that person. You, you now come to a praise that you're a witch. A witch, because there's no there's no such example in Christ like that. Ah, ah, Paul stood. Slap Agrippa left, right, and center with the gospel. Agrippa said, Kai, you almost convinced me to be a Christian. Why didn't God jump in and make him become a Christian by force? Why, why, didn't, why didn't God jump in? Said, ha, you have come close to being a Christian. In the name of. And because for, for us to do it, Christ ought to have done it. This once. So you're not giving, you're not engaging, you're not sharing anything. You now believe when it's your turn to receive. God should make everybody mad. So in their madness, they cannot come and zombifiably bless you. You go tea. Because that's not how the kingdom works. Oh, you're not giving to get. No, no, no. God has given you his own. The earth has given to sons of men. We determine what happens here. Is anybody hearing what I'm teaching you today? We determine what happens here. Your salvation is you and God. You have sorted it. Charlie, you are still here. It's you and me that determine how we go do this thing. Don't get it twisted. But see, a lot of believers have got to the point where you're in Christ's reality has now become an alternate like a matrix that has removed you from your actual reality in Christ. You developed a bubble called your in Christ reality that is alternate reality from your reality in Christ. Because your reality in Christ, your two feet are on the ground. You know what's up. Not floating in the air. Not floating in the air. So Jesus has given you all things. Yes, nobody's arguing with you. But the material, I repeat, manifestation of those benefits align with men. You can't go around living a stench. And expect to walk in favor. You can't go around and the first person you saw, eh, what is it? Oh, sorry, sir. I did not know that it was you. So that if you had known that it was him, you would have greeted him better. That's you being a hypocrite. Yes, 
That's you being a hypocrite. You can't go around living a foul stench. You can't go around being a liability to people. Paul said, mark those that don't want to walk and want to eat. Avoid them. New Testament. Told the Thessalonian church. Anybody that does not walk should not eat. So you can't be there and not have the culture of giving as a fundamental kingdom principle for attracting favor. Ouch. Because for somebody now, you're like, ah, it has just burst the bubble of your in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. I'm teaching you New Testament. Yes, sir. Rightly divided, sir. Because what he's talking about in 2 Corinthians 9 is not spiritual blessings. We have established that for a few weeks now. It's not. It's material engagements. What Paul received in Philippians 4, was it spiritual blessings he received from the prophetus? He received gari rice. You don't understand? No dues. Golden morn. Are you following me? You know, sardine. He received supply. Natural supply. Macarios. So you can't walk around and pissing everybody off. Say, I'm a son of God. I don't care. I don't care. My father owns the land. My Jesus owns the land. You will see what will happen to you. So there's a principle. We give. We receive. Somebody looks at you and remembers you. Just because in their time of need, you remember them. It's okay. Every time someone remembers you, you're like, ha, ha, ha. Not this one again. You see your number. Some of you people are afraid to pick your number when you call. Because they know you are not calling to even say thank you for the other day. If you lead, if you lead with the thank you, it's because you have another one to call for this day. Give us this day our deliberate. So we cultivate the habit of giving. Are you here? And we give with great joy. Let me try and round, round this up for today. Let's look at Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, and we are in verse 12. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry. And you're thinking, what has this got to do with giving? What I want to bring out here is, who does ministry? Diaconia. Who does ministry? Answer me, what abiding house? Who does ministry? For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So who does ministry? The saints. Who are the saints? We. Hagios. We now. Right now. Sanctified is the same word. Hagios. It can be rendered sanctified. It's the same word. It's the same word translated holy, sir. Hagios. Same thing. Sanctified, saint, holy. Set apart. Hagios. So who is Hagios? Right here. So who does ministry? Who is the ministers? Every believer, we dealt with this earlier on in the priesthood of all believers. Every believer is a minister. Yes? Every believer is a minister. Look at 2 Corinthians 3 and 6. You see where we're going with this. 2 Corinthians 3 and 6. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Go back to verse 5. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves. But our sufficiency is from God who also made us sufficient as what? Of the... What are you called to minister, sir? 
we're not guessing. Do you understand? He does not employ DJs. Do you understand what I'm saying? God does not employ DJs. It's one dimensional, the new covenant. That's our ministry. Deck one, deck two. Small Old Testament. New Testament. No, 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 no. Doesn't do DJs. He has employed us as what? Called us as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter. Switch to TPT. Switch to TPT. Let this help somebody. He alone makes us adequate ministers. All of us are ministers. All of us are ministers. Ministry is for all of us. Everybody is a minister. The gifts are given to equip the saints for ministry. He has made us ministers of the new covenant. So adequate ministers who are focused on an entirely new covenant. Look at this. Our ministry is not based on the letter of the law. But through the power of the spirit. The letter of the law kills. But the spirit so next time you quote the letter kill it, the letter was not referring to what is written. That would have been called the graphe, the written word. It's not the written word that kills. <laughs> if I tell you, somebody's, you're arguing with somebody and they're telling you, stop quoting me Bible, the letter kills. Uh-uh. Because there's these new age reformers, believers, people that tell you, leave the Bible, follow the spirit. How does he want to lead you outside the Bible? Have you met such people? No, 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 leave, 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 leave Bible. Let, tell me what the spirit is saying. Where does he want to tell you where it's saying from? So whatever he tells you must be corroborated by the revealed word logos as captured in the written word graphy. So it's not, again, context is king. It's not, hey, the letter, the Bible what is written kills. No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. The letter was referring to the law. Letters written on tablets of stone. The law kills. How do we corroborate that? Later on, it starts to go into the ministry of death. The law being referred to as the ministry of death and the ministry of condemnation. So if you follow that, where do you end up? Dead. Even the ministry that was characterized by chiseled letters on stone, tablets, came with a deadly measure of glory, though it produced. That's what leads us to, but we all. So the point I'm making here is that how many of us are ministers? All of us. Ministers of the new covenant. Okay, now let's go slightly further down in Second Corinthians chapter 8. And I will leave it there for today. We'll pick it up again next week. Love teaching word and life. Second Corinthians 8. I need verse 4, but please go with me from verse 1. How many people are ministers? Talk to me now. In Second Corinthians 8 and 9, what was the context? Giving. Material giving. The grace of material giving. In addition to all the other graces that were prevalent in the Corinthian church. Right? Right? And everybody's a minister. Ephesians 4 and 12 has showed you. Second Corinthians has showed you in chapter 3. Right? We are all ministers of the new covenant. So now we come to chapter 8. Same book. Just five chapters later. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you, look at this, keep going, the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. We've come over this scripture a lot of times so far. That in the great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. Haplotis, right? For I bear witness that according to their abundance, 
ability and yes and beyond their ability they were freely willing commercy imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship what is giving called here are you following me in word and life it's a class oh what is giving called here what is giving called here is ministry for some people who is ministry for the entire believers are so the entire believers give this concludes therefore that giving is ministry do you see it if giving is ministry and i am a minister then i am a giver by calling I repeat, if giving is ministry, which it is, ministering to the saints. Giving to the needs of the saints was regarded as ministry. If giving is ministry and I am a minister, then I am a giver by calling. Yes, Say it, if giving to the saints is ministry, and I am a minister, then I am a giver by calling. Let the word be true. All of us are called to ministry. All of us are, have made, been made sufficient or adequate as ministers of the New Testament. And giving is regarded to as ministry in the New Testament. Therefore, I am a New Testament giver by calling. And don't call tithe. I am not a tither. There's no such thing in New Testament. But I am a giver by calling. I am called, sir, into giving. May somebody receive deliverance tonight. This is why New Testament churches are folding up. And pastors are suffering because the ministers do not realize that they are givers by calling. That's why you want us to lie to you first before you give. We rather teach you right so you can give right. Because you are a minister. Now next thing. Are you following me on this journey? Are you ready for this? Even I'm going to have to close you here. If you are a minister, which you are, and giving is ministry, which it is, and therefore you are a giver by calling, which you are, what makes you feel that you can be led to not give? Because to say as a New Testament believer that you can be led to not give is to say that you can be led to not be a minister. Real talk. So you realize that New Testament giving ministry, emoji, Put a stronger responsibility on you than tithe did in the Old Testament. Let's teach this thing right. Tithe. As for babies who are on the way to death. Because they are stuck in the letter of the law. And the letter does nothing but kill. But by the time a New Testament church understands I am a minister. And giving is ministry. Giving is not gambling. Give and the Lord will give you. No! No! Give and you will get a baby. No! Giving, I've come to realize, as a son of God in the new covenant is ministry. And I have been made sufficient. Can you then see where verse nine, chapter 9 verse 8 comes in? That he's able to make all abound towards you so that you having all sufficiency in all things will abound in ministry. Maybe I should do a journey through Corinthians like I did through Romans 12. 
Yeah, because you need to take time and break these letters down of Paul so you can understand it line upon line, precept upon precept. So it's, it's on account of that persuasion that he says, you having all sufficiency in all things can abound. Why are you going to have sufficiency from? Chapter 3, verse 6. He has made us sufficient. As mean, are you following now? Don't just pick words randomly. Follow. You see, one of the things that cheats believers is chapter and verse. <laughs> when you're studying the scriptures, ignore chapter and verse. Follow the thought from where the thought starts till where the thought ends. Ignore the chapter and verse. When he wrote it, have you heard of your written letter before, physical letter? How many of you wrote chapter and verse? So why are you being restricted by chapter and verse? Somebody will come and open one verse and throw it at you and give you his own rendition of it. And you never bother to establish context. So you cannot, he, just, he, didn't, he didn't just get up in chapter 9 and say, you, you will abound unto every good. He's able to make all grace abound towards you. No, he has made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. And that ministry includes, even though it's not limited to, giving for the work of ministry. Because that is ministry. And I'm a minister, so I'm a giver by design. If I'm a giver by design, why do I need a special leading to give? I was not led to give. You are a believer. You are beginning to show the example of how believership and witchcraft ship can work together in partnership. Pun intended. How, how is it possible that you can be a believer, a minister, knows that you have been giving grace to abound? And you say, I was not led. But when is your turn? Heaven should not rest. God should be led to open floodgate. Window not do you. With floodgate. But when it's somebody else's, you are not led. And some people do not give because they don't think that it might be them. I don't think it might be you. But if I call you and I said, oh, we are, we are giving, we're raising money for whistle. Ten, who's going? You will say, hey, me. Five. Because you are used to gambling. You are used to gambling. Giving is not gambling. It's ministry. It's dispensing resources as you have been made sufficient in. So that's why now you understand why I've said in the past that a believer does not need a special leading to give, especially in the house where you are being fed. What's wrong with you? We are perpetual, we have been perpetually, we are going to be perpetually led to give. To be waiting a special leading to give is to be waiting a special as a special calling, a special commissioning every time before you do ministry. Do you understand? I sit in my office on Tuesday. I say, I am not led to teach. Which special leading emoji do I want to receive again? I want God to appear to me and say, man of God, man of God, I am the Lord. Today is Tuesday. I lead thee to teach. Leadest thou not I, leadest I not thou, thou I leadest not that thou mayest teach the people on this Tuesday. I am the Lord, be thou led. I will now come and say, men and brethren, the Lord led me to teach. Don't teach and see. Why would Paul then say necessity is laid upon us? Woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. As a minister of the gospel, when it has to do with teaching the gospel, I'm only waiting to hear don't go. I am never waiting to hear go. 
Because the call of the great commission is a call to go. What else do you want to hear? What did Jesus tell them when he called them? What's the first word he say? What did he say? Why are you afraid to say it? What did he tell them to do? Which other leading are you waiting for? I was not led to go. What is wrong with you? Yeah, especially with the man. The Holy Spirit. Hey, Holy Spirit. If it has to do with the gospel of Jesus. All over the earth. My default response is I am coming. How do I know that? Jesus, the pattern son, exemplified it. The post- what is wrong with believers today? The posture of Jesus to his mandate was, I am coming. Why didn't he ever tell the Roman centurion, I am not led? Jairus is thing, I am not led. Peter's mother-in-law, I am not led. Father, I thank you that thou hearest me always. Shall I now go? To Peter's mother-in-law's house to heal her. That's how we know that God's desire for you is to be healed. My default response to ministry is go. Until I hear stop. So what I'm looking out for is don't go there. How do I know that? The apostles exemplified it. They began to go everywhere. They wanted to enter a place. They said, but the Lord forbade us. Oh yeah, let's go to the next place. We want to enter Brittany, but the spirit of Jesus forbade us. So we go somewhere else. Otherwise, we keep going. Not we keep looking for leading to go. That's spiritual carnality. Spiritual carnality. And that's what's twisted the church. My response to the gospel of Jesus is I'm coming. Let it be that it was logistics that stood in the way. Or the Lord said, no, son, skip this one. Otherwise, my default response is to go. As a minister who understands that giving is ministry and therefore giving is my calling, my default response in church, ministering to the saints, is to give. My default response is not to pray about whether to give. My default response is to give, except where expressly the Lord says, no, don't give this one. Hold it back. Otherwise, your default response is giving. And once you understand this, the church you are part of will never suffer again. Will never suffer again. The embarrassment that comes to the church of Jesus Christ teaching the pure gospel will cease the day believers understand giving is their ministry. A ministry on a higher level that tithe only foreshadowed a fraction of. A fraction of. It's your ministry, sir. It's your ministry, ma. The advancement and the welfare of the church is your express calling. You better grow up into responsibility. It's your express calling as a New Testament believer. It's your express responsibility. And that day you understand that whether it's a hundred naira or hundred million, you're ready to do ministry. You're ready. We will never, when, when tithers are talking, you'll be laughing. I was that. Tithe, 10% of uh, net. I've been a gross. <laughs> gross net. 
No. You understand that as a son of God, what I'm called into as a champion of my father's resources is in this local church to minister to her. Your entire mindset will change. Then you start to plan. Nobody will tell you. You don't need levy. That's why I told you in this church. Levy. For what? Men's levy. Women's levy. Choir levy. Youth levy. Don't give it. And let God raise for himself ministers. But you're among them, are you not? Ministers that understand that with my resources as heaven helps me, I uphold the work. There's nothing at that point that we, are, we, we, we determine to do that we cannot do. Yes. Nothing. Nothing. What people are falling over will come to us like this. Like this. Because everybody understands it's my ministry. So in meetings like this, we say we're raising this. A thousand, two thousand. You, you know it's, you're, not, it's not, you're not giving because you have. Because you, like the Macedonian church, you go over and beyond. It's like saying that I cannot open my mouth and speak because I don't know what I'm going to say. It's ministry. It's his business to give you what to say. I already showed you it's his business to give you sower what to sow. You just be in the posture of being a sower that sows. Not just somebody that is looking for bread to eat. Go beyond bread for the eater. Believe and stretch your faith for seed for the sower. And then before we have a need, it is met. Then church gets to the point where we have no need. Because everybody understands their ministry. And that's why you, pastor, you must teach the people right. Even if it kills you. Because once a few people come into it, that's the end. The church comes into rest. Everybody will not, unfortunately. But a few people that position themselves. And you know what happens to those people? Mark my words. Heaven begins to be in a hurry to channel resources to those people. Mark my word. It will just look like it's a few people that are doing well. These things are deep stuff. Because why? Your doing well is the doing well of the church. So, favor opens to you. Favor opens to you. You do a little, you get a lot. You do a little, you get a lot. You walk in favor because you have positioned yourself to be sore. You have entered the ministry dimension of your giving. You do that, it will promote you. You didn't pray any prayer. You didn't kill anybody. Yeah. And opportunities come to you. Your mind is awake and sharpened to maximize opportunities. You become creative per, per none. Because you have entered the place where you understand that this is a ministry. I was not led, you're a child. The posture of a minister is to go until told not to. That just hit somebody today. Just right in the face. He called you and said go. And you are sitting there. Father, should I go? And they said, how? Man of God, how did you go? Ah, I didn't hear God. I didn't hear. God, eh. If God is going to speak again, he's going to tell you an instruction that regulates the standing order. Standing order, go. He will not speak it again. Because that is the standing order. The next time he will speak is if that standing order needs a bespoke regulation. If your going right now does not prosper the course in a particular place at a particular time, then he will speak again. He will not be telling you every day, go. So he should not be telling you every day, give. 
When you, you know as a believer is your ministry. We don't need to tell you there's needs before you know. In fact, you get to the point where you give so that there is no need. Why should we need diesel before you give? You should give so that we don't need to be looking for diesel. And then we can come and just teach this glorious gospel. And not worry about something. Because somebody has entered ministry as a giver. Have you received anything tonight? Oh, I think you should give God praise. It's been a good night. <laughs> Any ministers in the room? Father, we thank you for what you brought us into. Thank you that this church and the local church and the universal church of Jesus Christ begins to shift from a place of lack to a place of abundance. Because its people, its members, its believers, its sons begin to understand that theirs is the ministry of giving. Theirs is the ministry of giving. Not in order to be acknowledged, not in order to be appreciated, but in order that ministry is fulfilled. And so therefore supply comes to as many as are yielded. Supply comes. Opportunities are bound aplenty for resources to gravitate towards us as seed to the sower. And we thank you for it as always. We give you praise. Amen. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening and we hope it has been a blessing to you. For inquiries and further information, please send us an email to info at the or visit our social media platforms.